Hello and welcome to the Dementia Together podcast. My name is Jessica Hubbard and in this episode we're speaking to Nellie Suffolk, a retired teacher who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2017. Nellie was born in Zambia when it was still under British rule and she was one of the few girls to complete primary education at the time. This was thanks in part to her father who was a headmaster. Nellie spent her life in education, teaching and studying across the UK and in several African nations. Nellie and her husband John finally settled in Bristol around 11 years ago. They are very active in their community. Around six years ago, Nellie started noticing memory problems and had migraines. She decided to make an appointment with her GP and completed some memory tests. Her Alzheimer's diagnosis came as a shock as she put her symptoms down to getting older. Carry on listening to hear more about Nellie's life and how she is adapting following her diagnosis. Hello? Hi there, is that John? Uh, yes. It's Jessica here from the Alzheimer's uh, Society. How are you doing? Not so bad, not so bad. Good, good. Um, is now still a good time to speak with Nellie? I think so. Oh, brilliant. Is it good afternoon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, Nelly. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. That's a great start. I thought we'd talk a bit about your early life, if that's okay, because you live in Bristol at the moment, but you were born in Zambia, which was northern Rhodesia. And yeah. what can you tell me about your upbringing? What do you remember about it? My upbringing was very comfortable. My father was headmaster. Ah, yes. Uh, do you remember that? Yes, John John told me that your um your dad was a teacher. Oh yeah, he was headmaster. And unfortunately for him, again, he had a stroke like me. Yeah. And he sort of had to Stop being headmaster, but he continued working, support our children, because he wanted us, I was the first child, and he wanted, especially me, he wanted me to be educated, Yeah. so that I, when I grow up, I can get a job, and that's what he did. Nellie went to school when Zambia was under British rule. All the classes were taught in English, and by the time of independence, less than 1% of Zambia's population had completed primary education. Thankfully, Nellie's father taught her English so she could excel at school. Uh, I think because my father was a teacher, taught me English and get up, stand up, sit down, go to bed. And I understood that where other African kids had to go and learn English when they went to school. Mm. Whereas my father, who was already a teacher, took me at home and teach me English. And when I went to school, the boys in class hated me. How come that she understands English? Where, where, oh, she's a failure. She had, she'd been at school before. She failed. That's what she's repeating. I said, no. <laughs> Just my father taught me simple things like stand up, go to the door, shut the door, open the door. Can I have some water? Simple sentences. Yeah, like yeah. Helps me. A stroke forced Nellie's father to give up his job as a headmaster, but he continued to work to support his family. Yeah, and um, you have nine siblings, is that right? Yeah, and um, it must have been quite challenging when your your father, because you said he had a stroke when he was t- head teacher. Yeah, 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 had a stroke, and uh, it was a really bad bad stroke because he 
he it affected his his, uh, his business. He used to go out buying things, but fishing that time wasn't fair. Wasn't what they put their job. He used to fish and then go out in the village, buy things to come and sell, so that we could have enough money to live on. Fishing salaries were very very bad. I went bought it for. I've had my uncles and um, aunties who were supporting my my mother when she, she was uh, helping the husband in hospitals. And um, I went to boarding school, Church of England, Zambia, which was one of the best schools in, in the country that time, during the corona day. School was no problem, and I was still to thank God, I said thank God, but my father is very sick, he's so supporting the family. I'll be the one supporting the rest of the family now. So I, I did well, went and trained the teacher myself, and the rest is history. As well as completing school herself, Nellie was keen to help her relatives complete their education too. And her husband John explains how she helped to secure school places for them. But uh, anyway, so, so she helped quite a lot of people with, uh, with their education and so on and so forth. Yeah, so education is quite important for you, Nelly, isn't it? Yes. And what? That was an important part of... Last time we went back to Zambia, which was before, <coughs> before the pandemic, mm. they, put on a, they put on a barbecue for her, and all her relatives turned up from all over to, to, to basically acknowledging the, the, the contribution that she'd made over the years through their education. You know, there's... How did that make you, how did that make you feel, Nelly? Them saying thank you for giving them an education? Well, I find that very grateful. I have my abilities to do that. After becoming a teacher, Nelly taught in one of the remotest schools in Zambia, but she wanted a change and asked to be moved somewhere less remote. I said, I well, sent to a village school uh, to teach us there. Yeah. Yeah. And after a while, I said, can I please be sent to city schools? I've had enough punishment. I remember this, 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 this lady talks too much. <laughs> I said, no, I mean, I've been here for three years. Why can't I go into the, the city? You were in the remotest teaching in Calabo, which was the remotest secondary school in the whole of Zambia. Yeah. Oh, six I see. Monthly, it was six months a year, it was cut off by the Zambezi floodplain. But anyway, I managed to convince them. I said, no, I've done my punishment. Please send me somewhere. So they sent me to the Copperbelt out. It was through work that Nelly met her husband, John. They went out to the cinema together and have now been married for nearly 50 years. And one of the lecturers came, I thought he kept inspecting it, so the look, he looked at me, next thing, he invited me to go out, I said, I'm with me, who are you? And the rest is history, he's now sitting next to me, he's my husband. I see, yeah. And we've been married for how many years, John, now? 47 and a half. <laughs> And we're um, And what stood out to you um, about about John? Because you you clearly accepted his invitation to go out. Yeah, I said yes. I said, you know, let's go out to come. 
And we go to the cinema, can I take you to the cinema? I said, oh yeah. So what stood out about me? Uh, he was gentle. Yeah. And he was a lecturer, he was training teachers. Mm. He had a decent job. The couple went on to live what John describes as a peripatetic existence. Nellie was a home economics teacher in Botswana and Zimbabwe, trained teachers in Papua New Guinea, and taught at international schools. After further studies at Bristol University, she taught psychology and English at the University of Brunei. Nellie and John have now settled in Bristol. So you two met and um, you both moved to the UK, is that right? And you, you studied? Right. Yeah, yeah. What? What? It, uh, we moved to UK because his job kept on moving. But I came here on my own to start to start studying because I wanted to improve my English. Yeah, you came before you met me first. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I came before because then that's right. They want uh, the government wanted Zambian uh, because most of our things was look. We always look down on home economics subject home economics. Mm. We used to call it the subject to, just for cleaning pots and cleaning houses. And so the government tried to encourage a lot of us to learn more about home economics. And so they sent a few girls abroad to go and learn as home economics teacher. And I was one of them. So you went to Zimbabwe and then, um, I mean, now you live in, in Bristol. How, have you lived in Bristol for long? 11 years. And um, your children and grandchildren, they, they now live all over the place, don't they? Are you able to see them very often? Well, how about uh, our first born quick Where is she down? She's in Saudi, so... She's in Saudi, but she, she's right to... Uh, guy from Liverpool, so they come here and I went on holiday to see them. We see Christie's children, don't we? And my youngest is here in England. The, 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 because we travelled a lot, I guess our children have followed suit. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, they take after you quite a bit in that respect. In around 2017, Nellie started getting headaches, so she went to see her GP. Her Alzheimer's diagnosis came as a surprise as she had put her symptoms down to old age. Nellie describes herself as very independent and has had to adapt following her diagnosis. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a bit more about your dementia, if that's okay? Dementia, right now, I mean, it's just something that just comes on and off, on and off. Most of the time I'm fine, and sometimes my head doesn't function very well. And then... Um, when I was young, my brain helped me a lot. I didn't even have to sort of study sometimes. Teacher would teach today, two weeks later, I'll be able to answer the questions. Whereas now, she asked me who was here in the house yesterday, I can't remember told me that you will need to be careful. Yes, they, they tested you. Yeah, they tested me and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be careful. Because uh, I used to have a lot of terrible headaches. I started getting worried. 
But up to that point, I was not afraid of anything. Did you have to make any changes in your life after you were diagnosed? Have I changed anything? The one thing that's changed that you don't like is driving a car. Well, I don't, I, I, oh, it's not that I don't like, yeah, because I, I like to be independent. That's what, what that was one, uh, one thing in my life. I didn't want to depend on other people. I bought my own car before I met John, because I didn't want to be given lifts by other men whose wives would be saying, oh, she's doing like a car. So I bought my own car, so I was independent. And um, even John found me driving my own car. But now it was told that you can't drive because the brain is dead. Uh, I find that so depressing. Nellie and John continue to be very active members of their community, including being involved with their local Lions group. What What would you say is important to you in life, Nellie? I know you're you're part of the Lions and have been for some time. Um, why Why do you do that? And can you tell me a bit more about that? Why, why do you like being a lion? Why, why do I like being a lion? I, I find it something that I find it helps people understand things better. Because I know, I, I know what it is to be poor, to have nothing, and to be, de to be ignored by other people. So that's why I like lionism, the, the club lionism. I, mean, I, grew up, I grew up as a Christian, but I find being a lion is much better than when I was being taught Christianity. With the lions, we, we do things for other people. We, when somebody they uh, need help, the lions collect the money, put the money together and help that person. Nellie and John also attend a Singing for the Brain group run by Alzheimer's Society. I've always enjoyed singing all through my life. So do you have um, a favourite type of music then? Yeah. Favourite sub music? What is, what is, What's your favourite music? What's the matter about music? Music that you can dance to. She was people's comments always that about my, my her elegant dancing and my dad dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it about singing that you that you like? You said that you like music that you can dance to. For me. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, when I was I said from when I was in school, uh, boarding school. I think it was the boarding school that he taught me how to sing and dance. But it's because in Zambia when you're in board, when you're in school there was a lot of we didn't have a lot of things to entertain each other, but we used to dance. These these groups, would you say that they're quite important to you too? This group I think they're very important actually. For me I've always enjoyed uh, groups, going to a group that's cheerful. As former educators, Nellie and John tell me they're keen to take part in dementia research. Can you tell me a bit more about the research you're involved in? Uh, research thing at Bristol University, which is about to start investigating the connection between gum disease and dementia. Okay. And in a couple of weeks' time, we're going down to the hospital, where I think they're at, 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 at to see Nellie with a view to she's going to be part of that research. Mm. And what... What made you want to get involved in the the Bristol research, Nelly? Can you tell me? You, you, you thought 
good idea to try and be helpful, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like helping people. Next steps. Visit alzheimers.org.uk slash about hyphen dementia for our symptoms checklist and learn more about the signs of dementia which may not be a natural part of ageing. For personalised information and advice, call our Dementia Connect support line on 0333 150 3456 or for Welsh speakers call 033 00 947 400. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more Alzheimer's Society podcasts. This podcast was written and recorded by Jessica Hubbard and produced by Meteorite.